0: are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the
1: folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at a movie.podbean.com. They called This A Movie,
0: testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. One terrible movie at a time.
1: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar.
0: Hey, this is Robin Taylor, aka the Penguin from and You are listening to Geek Vods Live. Here we go! Welcome, 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 everyone to an all-new episode of Geek Vods Live. I am your host Shawan, and today a short panel, but a great panel nonetheless. I am joined by the great Nick Smith himself. What's going on, Nick? What up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually really excited to talk about the topics that we have. Um, and we know, Nick, when me and you do a podcast, just me and you, it's usually always classic. Um, so it's, gonna <laughs> <Yeah. great show. laughs> it's definitely going to make for a great show. It's definitely going to make for a great show. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, let's do some trailer talk. We have two trailers that really stood out this this uh, this past week. One of them being, we finally got, I don't even really call it a trailer because it was literally just a teaser um, for Titan season two. Uh, we opened it up, obviously, with uh, Dick Grayson and our new Bruce Wayne. Um, it was. Ian it Glenn? Like a lot of, yeah, we have Bruce Wayne now on Titan season two, played by. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. He was um,
1: the guy Glenn. that was
0: protecting. Yes, Ian Glenn. Thank you. Oh, Jorah. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Jorah. Yeah,
0: yep. Um, so, <laughs> Joel was saying how much it's a little off-putting that he has an accent, um, but to me, I love Batman so desperately. You give me Batman, I could live with blonde hair and an accent. Um, so, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, we'll just have to learn to live with it. Uh, but, no, it does look like a lot of fun. Uh, the costumes look a billion times better. The characters look more accurate to their comic counterparts as they did not last year. Um, and it ends with us seeing Slade Wilson at the end. He kind of, his mask is kind of formatted like dead shots. It's a little weird. Um, but he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun. His kids are there. They're going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm just really excited about it. I am a little upset that we got a teaser trailer or a trailer, whatever, when the show literally comes out in two and a half weeks, I believe. Um, and that was all they wanted to the show us. Uh, I am a little upset about that. but. Nonetheless, we get it in two and a half weeks and I can't wait for it. Um, so that's pretty much all I can really say about it. Cause it didn't really show you much. Um, so, uh, I did want to ask you, Nick, uh, with Ian being on the show as Bruce Wayne, does that pique your curiosity at all to maybe see a few episodes of season two of uh, this, this year?
1: Oh yeah. Like, I mean, and it's, you know, it's not one of the shows that I haven't watched because I don't have interest. Like, I just haven't made the time to watch it. Because um, no. I really liked the like trailer for like the longer extended trailer for season one. Um uh, I mean, I thought I was like, "Damn, dude! Like this shit's the darkest shit." And yeah, like Dick Grayson's like, "Fuck Batman!" Like I was like, "Damn!" I'm like <laughs> all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Ian Glenn a lot. He's great um, as Jorah. Uh, I, I honestly haven't seen him in anything else, I don't believe. Um, yeah, but, me I mean, either. he is terrific as Jorah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm interested. It's it's going to be one of those things that I, like, uh, get around to at some point, and then I'm just going to, like, message all. Like, hey, I finally fucking watched all of it. <laughs> you all are going to be like, yeah, good. Mike's it's about fucking time. <laughs>
0: I'll be really excited that day. Because um, I love doing, you know, reviews to shows with you. So it's like if you could get around to seeing the first season and then, you know, finishing the second season around the time to where it actually ends, um, that'd be great. Because I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. The first season it's it's shaky. It's 100% shaky. Uh, the first episode really put a lot of people off, but it's the journey of the full season that really kind of captures you. Um, I will say this, if any of the rumors I'm hearing are true, Ian is a bigger part of season two than a lot of people were led on to believe. Like It's not just maybe one episode, um, so that does lend to possibly us seeing Batman, but Unlikely, uh, very unlikely. It, it was difficult, they were saying, enough to just get Bruce Wayne cleared, um, let alone them using Batman in the small capacity that they have already. Um, but I do want to say one, one last thing. I do think, since they probably are never going to introduce the Joker in uh, these, these Titans season, um, since we've gotten Jason Todd, I do believe the events of Under the Red Hood will be caused by Slade. Like Slade will be the one that kills Jason, uh-huh. not, not Joker. Um, so it just it feels like that's the way they're going to go. And it makes sense. It, it makes sense because if Deathstroke isn't a villain, and again, I, I don't know much about season two, and I kind of like to keep it that way. So this is just me speculating. But if the Titans don't have a long rivalry with Slade, and this is something relatively new, um, the best way to make Nightwing and Slade arch enemies forever going forward is for Slade to kill uh, Jason Todd. And for, Rob, uh, for Dick Grayson to kind of take that personally. Um, so I, I, I would love to see them go that route because it still would line up great. It would be awesome because you have Bruce introduced, so to see him and Dick Grayson kind of go through that. It would be awesome. And in season three, maybe we get an episode of, excuse me, Bruce Wayne, um, Dick Grayson, and Jason Todd as Red Hood and just call the episode Under the Red Hood. Um, and it's about them finding out that Jason's still alive. Um, so I just hope that this is what their long game is. But if I had to take a guess, Slade's going to be who's killing Jason Todd instead of Joker. So fingers crossed. Um, it's
1: interesting. I like it. I think I think yeah. for all the reasons you outlined, it makes a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a way to, because uh, Jeff Johns did say before, the goal is to do, ah, um, uh, Nick, I'm drawing a blank. What's the, um? Uh, it's the name of the comic run of Slade with the Titans. Ah, uh, Judas Contract. Judas Contract uh. was the long play. Um, so they're going to work their way to that. So whether that means Terra at some point, who knows. But Slate is going to be a larger part going forward. Um, and that's just one of the great steps to making him like that cooler of a villain. Have him do something that has real consequences, like killing the most recent Robin. Um, so to me, I just think that's great building blocks to a great villain is that you give him layers and then you make his, his first appearance mean something. Because um, we know at the end of the day, the good guys are going to win. Let there be casualties so we feel like, um, you know, they have more to kind of go through going forward. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but all right, let's move on. We had another trailer. Um, this one, I I didn't really know how to feel. I'm just going to pass it to you, kind of get your thoughts first, Nick. Uh, but we got, uh, I think, the first official trailer for, I think this was Shia LaBeouf's, uh, LaBeouf. how do you pronounce it? LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Okay. It was his directorial debut, or did he write it? He wrote it. He didn't direct it. He wrote it. Okay. He wrote it. It was his writing debut then, I guess. Um, But what were your thoughts for Honey Boy?
1: Dude, it looks fucking brilliant. Like, just in general, um, I mean, he's such a phenomenal actor, uh, like, to begin with. And, like, his portrayal I guess I, I would assume and I think I've read this that he's portraying his father um, and like his how he envelops himself into characters is is nothing short of fantastic Um, it was probably I want to say Fury was the first time that I saw him where I was like blown away like I was like shit you know, this guy's really fucking good like um, you can like talk about Transformers all you want, but the dude has had a ton, a ton of great performances. Um, and this looks like it's going to be another one. Um, and just, you know, just the, I think one of the, um, uh, one of the blurbs that they throw on the screen from a, from a critic was, um, like an ego list, um, journey or or representation uh, or something to that effect. And, like, if you want to make, like, a really, uh, like, a a gut punch of a movie and something um, that is is going to, um, like, resonate that's, like, a true story and it's, like, about you or about, like, um, like, how you came to be you, Um, and you're going to write it, like, you have to – like, you cannot bring, like, a big ego to it. And I think the scene that stood out to me as far as that is him in the back of the fucking police car. Um, And by the way, that guy – I forget his name, but the guy playing him, like, nails the diction. Like, just the – like, when he's saying, what am I being arrested for? Um, like, I was like, damn, that sounds just like fucking Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) He don't look like it, but he sounds like it. Um, and then when he's in the back of a cop car and he's just like, you fucking guys have no idea how good I am at what I do. Like that just, I could totally see Shia LaBeouf being drunk as hell in the back of a fucking police car, just like shouting at the officers in the front being like, y'all don't even fucking know um, and that's that's what really kind of grabbed me about this. It definitely looks like um he's just going to be really fucking honest um about a lot of shit um and so that that like automatically makes it way more intriguing um and uh yeah i mean i I think it looks fucking awesome i but can't really recall the last time like that just a random movie got me like this excited like something that wasn't attached to um like a famous like director like obviously i was super excited for once upon a time in hollywood um or you know the mcu like a bigger thing like just a just a little movie that like um, kind of grabbed me the way that this trailer did. I was I was like, damn, I think I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this movie. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It definitely has the feel of like, um, like it's it's. I don't know when it exactly it comes out, but it definitely has the feel of like it'll probably be that first movie that comes out that people start like talking about as far as the like what kicks off Oscar season because um, it just it has that feel to it.
0: Yeah, his name is because I want to give him credit because I agree with you. He did. Do, he does look like he's going to do a really good job in this movie. Lucas Hedges, um, is his name the the guy you're referring to um, when he was being arrested in the scene?
1: Shia um,
0: no, Oh, you mean uh, the actor? Yeah, the actor. Yeah, Lucas. Not, I Hedges. can't remember his name, man. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's cool. It, his name is um, Lucas, I believe. Um, okay. And the, the director is Alma Harrell. Um, gives the director some credit also, because they give Shia a lot of credit for, for writing it. Um, I mean, this does look like it could kick it off uh, 100%, but if any of the rumors are true about Joker, that very well could be one of the ones that also kick off Oscar season, also. That's very uh, true. We know, we know The Irishman, that comes out literally next month, will be the first one. Uh, that starts to get the, the conversation started um, of the Oscar season. But I, I do really get, and it's funny, Nick, like, since knowing you, I've gotten more excited about Oscar season. Because um, beforehand, I, I'd never watched those kinds of movies. But now I'm just paying attention more to film rather than just movies. I'm paying attention to film. Um, and I'm seeing, like, you were the reason I watched that, Um, uh, what's that, not a Western movie. It was with Chris Pine and um uh I can't remember the oh, other actor's name.
1: Uh, Ben uh Ben Foster um and yes. Jeff Bridges uh Hell or yes. High Water.
0: Yep, you were the reason why I watched that and and
1: it's fucking great, it, is it not?
0: <laughs> yes, it is. But after I saw it, I was like, I really wish I saw this in theaters. Um, you know, I waited till I think I saw it uh on DVD. I think I it's like on demand. Um, I did not yeah. see it in theaters, and that was a huge regret of mine. So now, since then, I've been paying more attention to Oscar films, um, or actually just films in, in general. So uh, definitely thanks to you on that. Um, and this is something that I definitely will check out. Hopefully, I check it out in theaters. Um, but if not, I definitely will watch this movie. Um, it, it looks good. And I, I think Shia, if he can get... Um, an Oscar nod for this, now whether it's Best best Picture or whatever, I think will be a great step in people having to stop just bringing up Transformers. Just like Robert Pattinson doing Batman. Um, Right. You know, we'll get him out of that, oh, isn't that the guy from Twilight? No, you'll have to say, isn't that the guy that was Batman? Um, Just like Shia, if he does win, isn't that the Oscar-winning writer for that movie? You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll just change the conversation. Um, right. And unfortunately, we have to do that in today's time because people, instead of going through and seeing what else he's done besides Transformers, rather just stick them in a box with Transformers. So winning an Oscar definitely changes conversation. Or being Batman. Um, so if you can, <laughs> yeah, you can I wonder get which one of is, those like, two things.
1: I wonder which is actually, like, bigger. I would argue that it's being Batman. <laughs> like, Lots of people win Oscars. Not everybody gets to be fucking Batman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the funniest thing, I think, especially, I'd say more so now than ever before, people will remember Batman more than they will you winning an Oscar. So it's like, like, um, you know, because I think a lot of people only remember Val Kilmer from Batman. I don't think a lot of people know a lot of his work. So to me. Batman is the higher caliber than when right. he's which is bananas. Though, people who, <laughs> people who
1: only know Val Kilmer from, uh, from Batman need to watch more Val Kilmer movies because I would he agree. is fucking phenomenal. Go watch Tombstone, people. It's one of the greatest yeah. westerns ever.
0: <laughs> I 100% agree. It's funny because I, I remember telling you and, and, and Joel, um, I did not watch any Eric Banner movie after that first Hulk. And when I started to watch his movies, I immediately regretted not watching his movies earlier. Um, but yeah. that Hulk movie Fucking was Munich, so man. that one <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it is, yeah,
1: he, it is
0: He's a really, really, really good actor, and that movie, the Hulk does not show how good of an actor he is, um, right. and that was one of my lessons of just watch other movies the actor has done, and if you don't like those, then you know you just don't like the actor. Uh, right but you know don't blame him off of the movie that's what i try to get through to people that are like oh pacific rim was horrible so charlie hunnam's horrible i think you should watch more charlie hunnam movies <laughs> because he's a way better actor than that movie was able to get from him um but i right, uh honey boy definitely one to, to check out we do not know when it comes out i just looked it up i think it says september but i could be wrong Um, so just stay tuned for for Honey Boy. Make sure you guys all go out and watch it. Huge shout-out to Tia, who wanted this topic on here, and it turned out to be a really good topic, so glad we put it on here. Um, But all right, let's move on. Speaking of Batman, I wanted to talk to you about this, Nick, make sure we had a lot of time to talk about it. Apparently Batgirl is a top priority uh, for Warner Brothers, and they are currently looking for directors. Now, we got a rumor that Supergirl was also a top priority for mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. That was also looking for a director, looking for uh, its, its leading lady. Now, both of these films are looking to start filming sometime next year. Now, let me, let me go into this because I know the stigma that I have is I hate women. Let me go <laughs> right past that and say I have no issue with these movies being made, none whatsoever. My only confusion is a Supergirl movie makes sense if Henry Cavill's Superman still exists. And it does not even mean Henry Cavill has to play Superman. But you have to tell me that Superman exists first before you give me Supergirl. I, it just, it's a thing with me because in the comics, Clark exists before Kara. That's just how, it, how it's always been. There's never been a telling of Kara landed first We get a huge story about her, then we find out about Clark later. That's never been the case. And in Batgirl's situation, we just got our Batman. So you're telling me with Batman being late 20s, very early 30s, we already have not only Robin, which is being rumored for that movie, but a Batgirl? That seems rushed. Um, Now, if you're telling me that you're doing a Elseworlds or whatever, Batgirl or whatever, Supergirl, I'm saying that's also bothersome because I want those characters alongside Batman, alongside Superman. So my question to you is, Nick, um, does this bother you that they're looking to introduce secondary characters well before their original characters even had their move? Um,
1: I wouldn't say it bothers me per se, at least not as much as it, it seems to for you. However, um, I do think they're putting the cart before the horse and they've been doing this for a long fucking time now. Um, you know, how many, how many shows have we done where, you know, we basically talk about the latest thing that they've got on their docket list and, you know, it, it, it's like an ongoing joke, like, oh yeah, like we literally just like want Superman two, <laughs> like, uh, or Man of Steel two. um. And so it's like it's this ongoing thing that just kind of continues to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I totally get why they want to do these characters. They're very fascinating characters. But um, I would agree with you that, A, Batgirl would make way more sense if this was Ben Affleck's Batman um, and not, like, starting over. Um that, like, it would just, the the timeline would, would add up better seemingly, um, and then as far as Supergirl, um, you know, like, I think it's, it's all, it's fine, um, I was never, like, um, like, I've never really been a, a huge fan of Supergirl, but I'm not as big of a fan as, of Superman as probably most, most everybody else on the show is, um, but uh, just doing like the my hang up on it is is like where like what are we doing with Superman? It just all goes back to that. Like it just if if you're not doing anything with that character, um, then you're just fucking stupid. Um, so like maybe this is a a, a, a point of direction that says they are going to be utilizing this character, and I guess that's why I'm maybe not as, like, upset with these announcements, like, I I'm, I, I find the Batgirl one to be more curious, um, but as far as the Supergirl one, if, if that is, like, if, if Henry Cavill's Superman is not involved, then yes, I will be like, that's fucking weird. Um, but maybe this means that that character will be involved. I, what I hope doesn't happen is that, you know, they're basically like, well, you know, we didn't we didn't really want to use Superman anymore for whatever fucking reason. Um, so we're just pivoting and we're doing Supergirl instead. And it's like, yeah, but like that's that, – that doesn't really make sense. Like literally your, your second most popular character um, in all of like your, your uh, source material is Superman. So like, why wouldn't you adapt that and and, like be able to utilize that character? Um, Like, I just like, I think of it kind of like, uh, I try to like look at it from like, how would Kanan feel about this? And, like, (laughs) Kanan would basically be like, this is fucking stupid. Um, And so for everyone who loves Superman as much as Kanan, um, like, it just kind of seems like a slap in the face, especially because, like, those are uh, particularly, like, people in that uh, respect who not only love Superman a lot, but also were very, very um, big advocates for Man of Steel. Um, Those fuckers have been there since the beginning. And, like, if you're... If you're just going to move on from Superman, that's a big slap in the face.
0: Now, I will say this. The way you could do it to where, uh, and again, this is just purely my opinion, and my opinion clearly doesn't matter to Warner Brothers, but a way they could do it to where it would shut up anyone who has, like, reservations about it. You have something as simple as the end credit scene for Supergirl is, um, you know, she's at work, and they're like, oh, my God, he's back, he's back. And then, like, you just see Kara pushing through people, and she looks at the TV, and it's the first sighting of Superman since his death. Like, remember how he came back uh, at the end of Justice League, but, like, the world didn't Mm -hmm. see him? So, seemingly, that end credit scene where he opens his shirt. um, So, like, you could have Supergirl in right after um, that scene to where, obviously, he makes himself known to uh, the world again. That he's back. That makes sense. So you can have yeah. You can have a moment like that to where she just sees him on television and it's like, perfect. Even if you don't go in Henry Cavill, um, you know, as long as you're still trying to use Superman, we know that they exist in the same world. We don't ever have to worry about it. The way you could do Batgirl, um, obviously that's going to be more difficult because uh, you're not still going the age of Finn's Batman. Um, but I mean, I guess if you're trying to say that you're not going for the young, young Batgirl, I mean, you could have it into where, you know, if it's in the same universe, um, you know, after, you know, whatever she did to save the day or whatever, she goes back home, she's in her room, cuts on her light, who's in the shadows, Batman. Um, and he's like, I think we need to talk. And then it just fades to black. But like, you could have cool things like that, that would make people go, I completely accept it because it's in the same universe and I know we'll see these characters interact. But I think when, if if you're a fan of DC and you've been listening to Warner brothers, who's been telling you, we don't really care about connecting anything right now. Um, It's terrifying because you don't know how excited you should be for projects that may never connect. Um, And you know, the positive side of that is it doesn't mean they won't, but to me, I kind of like to know these things going into the movie so it's like after I see it, I loved it. Now let me plot how many different, you know, scenarios we could have to where <clears throat> she's with Batman or whatever. Um, but when you don't say it and it's kind of just like, well, you know, possibilities there. It just, it, 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 to me, it's just it's confusing. It'd be like doing an Iron Man movie, like two Iron Man movies, then chilling from Iron Man and then giving me a War Machine movie. And then I'm like, well, right. are they going to, are they going to interact? Oh, you'll have to wait and see. No, that's stupid. Just tell me they're going to interact because you should <laughs> not have Rhodey without Iron Man. Like that just should not be. Um, so it's like, I'd like to know that Rhodey will interact with Iron Man. Um, so, I mean, that, that's just my, my only issue. I, I'm not against them making either one of these movies. I just want them to be a part of a, a world building. You know what I'm saying? Um, And if they're not, it kind of just seems like, what are we doing it for? We have a Batwoman show and a Supergirl show. So if you want to introduce them into movies and not have them be part of the building blocks, I just kind of don't see the point of it. Um, So I I was just curious on on how you viewed it, because I'm not against it being made at all. I just want to know that it's part of something bigger um, or it has potential to be.
1: I think my biggest skepticism um, is and and maybe it's undeserved um, but my biggest skepticism with it is um, basically like we if you're looking at this from Warner Brothers perspective, like we need more female characters, which is a good thing. Like, yes, you definitely should have better representation. Um, I mean, we've we talk about this all the time, how um, you know uh, having characters that different people can identify with is very important um, but like it, it, are they are they coming about doing these characters organically um and, and by that question um what i 'm what i'm I guess trying to say is are they using these characters to try and take advantage of um uh, trends or or are they organically coming up with stories um, th- that they need these characters for um, and not that necessarily either either direction is wrong, but I would definitely argue that the the more organic one um, is ide- is more ideal and just a, a better overall situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, Supergirl makes more sense because you don't necessarily need Superman um, for Supergirl to exist. You 100% need Batman. That's why I said even the Batwoman show, at some point you have to introduce Bruce Wayne because she only exists because of Batman. So Batgirl only exists because of of Batman. So I'm like... Just mentioning Batman, I, I think I could live with, because that means there's a Batman in that universe, and at some point you're going to have to show him. Um, I'm just more curious of, is it Robert Pattinson Batman? Um, because I'm more curious on, is his Batman a world builder? Um, because right. I don't think there's any definitive answer, yes or no, as to whether it will be. So th- these are, are my questions, but I 100% agree with you. Representation is very important. That's why I said I'm not against these movies being made. I just want to know what your bottom line of it is. Like, is it a world builder, or are you just doing it because you're like these are the two most prominent char- you know, female characters outside of like Wonder Woman and Hawkgirl and stuff like that? Let's just introduce them, and it's like, yeah, but let it be because it's part of something. Um, right. So I mean, that that's just my my biggest question. Although I would love to see all female Justice League. So where you do uh, Martian Manhunter's knee, uh Medan, you do Batgirl, mm-hmm. you do Supergirl, um, you could do Hulk Girl, just make her younger. I would I wouldn't be against that whatsoever. I just need it to be part of something.
1: Is my biggest well <clears throat> and it's like there's there's a problem there is like they haven't even introduced Martian Manhunter yet. So it's like again, right. it's like I feel like they, they just haven't necessarily – they've diverted so heavy from <clears throat> what was the original plan um, to where it's like now they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. It feels like that anyway, um, and um, that's not the – that's going to be a very difficult way to, um, to construct a cinematic universe. I mean just think of how fucking careful and – you know, um, meticulating and everything else that Kevin Feige is and what he does. Um, and then you juxtapose that with, you know, what they're doing in DC and it's just worlds apart.
0: Yeah. And I want to be clear to the listeners, me nor Nick are saying, um, you know, that you have to rush to, to world build or anything like that. We just want to know when we head into a movie, what what's your bottom line? Like, you were very clear that Joker is not connected to anything. Cool. So we right. go into it. If we like it, great. If we don't, doesn't matter. It's a one-off. You know, like, we know what we're expecting heading into this. Like, we know where we're going. I think, and again, this is very early. This, this is all just what Warner Brothers wants to do. We've heard a lot of what Warner Brothers wants to do, and nothing's really happened. So everything could change. We are just saying in the moment here, just responding purely to the topic, um, we just want to know, is it one-off Batgirl, one-off Supergirl, or is it part of something bigger? And if it is part of something bigger, just a little brief hint that, you know, uh, like if we get, obviously will the Batman will start shooting before they get anywhere with Batgirl. So if we get something, um, like once we see the Batman and Batgirl comes out, and she's looking at a newspaper of Robert Pattinson's Batman, then we're like, cool, we know it's connected, no more questions, let me just enjoy Batgirl. Supergirl ends in that end credit scene that I brought up to where she looks at the TV, it's like a silhouette of Henry Cavill's Superman. We're good, you know? It's just answer some of these questions. And I think Warner Brothers is in a spot right now where they don't really care to answer any of our questions. And that, to me, is more nerve-wracking than anything. Because it's just like if you had answered just a few people's questions, um, it would ease like the entire fan base. I mean you'd still have those idiots who just like to get mad, but majority of us would right. be like, Cool, now we know.
1: Well, and the, and I think the bigger problem is who's who's the person to answer those questions. They don't have that person. Um like you don't have an architect. Um, and that is it, it can be fine. I'm not saying they have to copy what um, Marvel has done. But let's be real here. We're not the ones who set that bar. They set that bar. Like, they want yeah. to make, uh, you know, a, a cinematic universe. And it's like, are you still doing it? Are you not? And, like, now that, you know, they moved on from Snyder, it's like there's no one really there to answer that question anymore. There's not one person who's, like, really – pulling the strings and making these decisions. And, yeah, I mean, it is frustrating.
0: Yeah, we, we just want to know what they're thinking. And I think they don't know what they're thinking, so we'll never know. Um, <laughs> right. All right. Let's move on to something that I think makes you very excited, Nick. Uh, coming out of the world of Disney, apparently they're looking to bundle Hulu, ESPN, and Disney Plus, all for twelve ninety nine. Now, to everyone who's excited about Disney Plus being $6.99 and this bundle being $12.99, I can almost guarantee you five to six months, maybe a little longer, maybe about into a year, those prices will increase. Uh, but yes, for the of start of it, they are very reasonably priced, um, and it kind of seems like we are stealing from them with how reasonably priced uh, both of these packages are, but Nick, uh, because I know your biggest question was about would they ever bundle? Um, So what are your thoughts on Disney actually giving us the bundle?
1: I think it's great. I really do. I think especially at that price, um, the amount of content that you are going to be getting for $13 is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, like Hulu is already out there. A lot of people already have it. Um, I, I think getting obviously Disney Plus and what that platform is going to have, especially now that they have um, the Fox catalog as well. Um, That's just going to be an immense amount of content. Um, And then I think they were really smart with including ESPN Plus on this. Um, I don't feel like that one is as popular. Like, I don't feel like a lot of people had it um, for, you know, a a variety of reasons. But, like, it's – if you can – use your like two big uh, streaming platforms um, to like bring even more people over to that one as well. That's just smart business. Um, I'm still curious. And I, and I don't know this. I haven't really tried to research it. So um, it, 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 the new, the, well, I guess the answer that I seek may or may not be out there already. Um, I'm still curious or er, er, like, or, Is this ESPN player, like, if if you get this ESPN Plus app um, or the, you know, the channel or whatever, um, I would imagine that that includes any, like, games that are running on their, like, networks, whether it's ABC or ESPN. Um, So, like, that would be a lot of basketball games throughout uh, the the course of of a year. Um, So, what, they do Sunday Night Football? Um or Monday night, Monday night football.
0: Um, Monday night, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, what, it, like, it, are all of those things going to be included? Because those are like things that people really enjoy watching. And so if you're including those as well, um, like that's that's game changer right there. Like that, that's fucking huge. Um, so but yeah, all in all, I think it's awesome. Um, definitely going to be getting that bundle. Like, I mean, that's just that's like like you said it's it is almost like not that I would ever characterize uh you know disney um i mean obviously they make so much fucking money um that they don't need to charge an arm and a leg for their streaming services um, but it's smart of them to take advantage of that um and just to get so many more people forever ingrained in their content and then boom, we're there for life, and like you said, like they could check up the price later, which. Maybe they don't do, but I, I'm with you. I think maybe they give it a year, and they're like, yes, yeah, 19 now. <laughs> and we're like, what? Fuck you.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I think the smartest thing to do, and, Nick, marketing being something me and you pay a lot of attention to, uh, the smartest thing to do is to get everyone hooked on it. Then once they're hooked on it, you go, well, now they don't really have anywhere else to go, so I'm going to jack up the price. That's exactly what Netflix did once Netflix became a phenomenon, it 100%, now, of course, not that much, not drastically, but it did increase its price. Why? Because it's like, well, you know, before all these other streaming uh, services started coming out, where else were you going to go? Like, Hulu wasn't that big when Netflix was in the the height of it. Um, So it's like, once I have you, (laughs) you're not going to go anywhere else. So yeah, of course, I'll I'll up the price. It's It's business, and it's 100% 100% more likely to happen than it's not. Um, so, I could see well within a year or in a year um, them just saying, you know, we'll go from 12 99 to maybe fifteen ninety nine, dollars And I do see people still willing to pay it because think of it like this. If you're just a sports fan, ESPN Plus, has ev- it will have everything you need, right? If you're just a fan of uh, the Disney animated movies and, and stuff like that, that has everything and more you could ask for. And then Hulu is just like the, the best of both of those worlds, uh, honestly. So it's like you're you're covered in every aspect. So to me, once you're in, you're not really good now. Um, I think what this does now do is I think if you're Warner, you think of TNT, you think of the idea that you do have baseball games, you do have basketball games, is that something you might like to add into, um, you know, any streaming service that you're looking to do uh, to where you add the idea of sports into that? I think that'd be something smart for you to, if you're a Warner. Like, why would you not want to do that? Um, right. So I mean, this well,
1: is the and start. I think that might be what they're going for with their HBO um, app. Their I forget what it's called HBO something. Well,
0: yeah, HBO something. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, we have not gotten any word. We've only gotten word on TV shows and movies to come from right. that, and obviously their back catalog. Hopefully, that doesn't indeed mean sports because to me, we've talked about this, Nick. Cable should be on its way out, and once Disney starts this, and if Warner follows, it'll be <laughs> it'll be gone, uh, right? Very, very, very soon. Uh, especially because you pay like two hundred dollars for a TV. But if all you really watch is sports, you're paying $200 <laughs> for channels you don't use. So if you right. can go to these streaming sites that are well cheaper, you come out good. So that's why I said once you're in it and they jack up the price, you're not going to Um right. so I mean, we're both going to be looking forward to this. It actually comes out in October, I think. I think it is. Disney Plus comes out in October. Uh, Sounds right. I think. Yeah, I think it's October. Um, so we're not that far off from it. And that's only gonna be I think like what was it, six ninety nine or something like that? Six ninety
1: nine or eight ninety nine. Yeah, somewhere,
0: yeah. Yeah, so and then we'll have um The Mandalorian. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I just want I need yeah. that show injected into my veins. So hopefully we get that <laughs> sooner rather than later. Um, but all right, let's move on. Let's stay in the world of Disney. Bob Iger has confirmed that the following films will see reboots or will be reimagined during the annual investors call. Those movies being Home Alone, Night at the Museum, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and Cheaper by the Dozen. Now, I'll say it. I was not that <laughs> high. <laughs> you're, you're 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 teeing it up. All right, go. <laughs> I was not that high on because um, Home Alone came out. I was only born in 93, so I was very young. So I think I saw Home Alone as I got older. Um, right. I still think they're, they're great movies. So by no means is this about me. Is this me about the diss it? Um, but it wasn't in the peak of my childhood like it was for a lot of people. Um, so I right. don't feel that strongly binded to it. Because um, I look at this kid, Jacob Trembley, I think is his name, from that uh, Seth Rogen comedy with those three kids. That kid yeah. looks adorable enough that he could be the new, the new kid to do Home Alone. And I think, I think it would be something that the newer generation would be able to cling to. You could make it maybe a little bit more uh, raunchy and less just 100% kid-friendly than the, um, the original was. Um, but, I mean, I, I just, I'm picturing that. Now, do I think Home Alone needs to be reimagined or rebooted? No. I think Macaulay Culkin did an amazing job, and it should have stayed. Uh, it should stay just with him. But I'm not that tied to it. Not at the museum. I thought the first one was good. That was it. So I'm not sold to to them, uh, you know, deciding to do something else with that. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, my sister was a huge fan of. But the reason why that's confusing to me is it's recent. Like, it's literally within like the last five, maybe six, seven years. Um, right. that They did the last one. So it's like I think it's too soon to be talking reboots or reimaginations because it's so fresh. Um, and Cheaper by the Dozen was a fun family movie. Steve Martin, Hilary Duff, um, the guy, Tom Welling. Um, I, it was a fun, cute family movie. So, I mean, I don't really know who you get today to do that. Maybe Steve Carell. Who knows? Um, but I'm just saying these movies, I'm not tied to. Like, if they just said, like, you know, they were trying to take – something that's just like so precious in trying to redo it. So my question to you is Nick, does any of these movies bother you with the idea of a reboot? Or are these kind of just like, all right, you don't really need it but whatever.
1: Yeah, more of the latter, like none of them bother me. Um I, I feel
0: I feel like home alone's the one that you
1: probably like is makes the most sense. Out of any of them, um, just just because it's like those movies came out in the early nineties, like so, you know, it, that's to me about the maybe appropriate amount of time to have passed to do a reboot. And I'll tell you who the fuck they should um, they should pick um, to replace uh, Kevin McAllister, or mm-hmm. I guess his his role, um, cause it, it wouldn't be, um, Kevin McAllister be like a new character. Um, no, they should get Erica from Stranger Things season three, like, and have her like fucking with everybody, like, uh, with, with the bad, like, dude, she was so fucking good in that. Like, I could just totally see her like sabotaging these robbers fucking plans, uh, to like, you know, basically Steal, uh, you know, a bunch of shit from this this house or whatever. Um, I think she'd be great. Um, she might be a little too old. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I, I just don't know what. I don't think so. But I don't know what age range they are, you know, looking for there. Because um, obviously, uh, I think Macaulay Culkin was like seven or eight when that first one came out. Like he was really young. Um, right. But nevertheless, I think she'd be great um but that one makes that one makes the most sense uh i don't i guess cheaper by the dozen it's been a while um since since they've done one of those movies um so sure um that you know that's it, it, i guess that makes sense um but yeah, i mean as far as the other two um <clears throat> i mean I i don't remember the last uh like last night in the museum like when when it came out but it wasn't that long ago and like you said diary of a wimpy kid wasn't that long ago it's like maybe let a little more time pass before you start delving into those um, but we all know it's just a matter of time before you know they you know reboot or or reimagine these properties and a bunch of other properties um, like that's why they made well, one of the reasons why they invested so much money into gaining all of the licensing for these various properties and getting this huge catalog of stuff. Um, So I'm not – like, none of it upsets me, but I am kind of like, why? Like like I said, the Home Alone one makes the most sense to me, Um, just purely because it's been a a while. And it's, you know, like, you could definitely – do a fair amount with, you know, reimagining, um, that story or, you know, that, that, the, um, the, the storyline, but like change up a lot of stuff, um, to make it, um, more 2019. Um, and that, so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like that one makes a lot of sense. Maybe like cheaper by the dozen being second. The other two, I just, I'm not, I'm not convinced like, they'll make money. They'll make plenty of money. But, I mean, I just don't know – I don't know how. <laughs> but they will, so they'll, they'll make them.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, home alone makes makes the most sense. I, I was just saying, like, it's one of those that I don't really need to see you do anything else with it. Um, But, I mean, anytime you put an adorable kid in a situation like that and you can get two robbers that are as funny as the guys you got from, you know – uh, the originals, if it's done well, obviously, there's not going to be any issue. Um, but if it's not done well, you're going to get people that are going to hammer you saying, stop touching uh, things that were great. Um, but to me, it all depends on who you get to do it. That's why I said if you're going to do it today for today's time and, and try to sell it, I think it should be, and I'm not talking about any anything insane, but it should be a little raunchier um, than the original one. Like the original was a little spicy, like you know, for for kids of, of that time, um, like it had words that your parents probably would have wanted you to say, um, but just make it more in tune for, you know, not kids for today, but you know, heading into their teenage years, um, you know, it's made a little spicy. Like, do you agree with that, Nick, or should it just be like a complete family movie, um, where you know. You're kind of following the lines of of the original.
1: Um, I don't know. Like, I think I feel like you could go really either way with it. Um, it's been a while since I've watched the home like the home Alone movies, the mm-hmm. one or two. Um, I don't really remember them being, um, raunchy in in like what they were. Um, like the things being said, but they were like ultra violent <laughs> like that like <laughs> he beats the shit out of those guys like like paint can like dropping paint cans at like 40 miles an hour onto their fucking face um like i think in the second one like marv gets electrocuted like they literally um there i would imagine per movie there's at least five different times where like what what the kid did to them would have killed them in real life. <laughs> um, and like, they just, they just kind of fucking roll with it. Um, but like, as far as um, like, um, I would, I would say like, as far as um, uh, like a stranger things type of maybe raunchy is, is I, what I, what I perceive that you're, you're, you're referencing um, I don't remember it being that because Kevin McAllister, um, Macaulay Culkin's character, is so young. Like, you know, he's he maybe has a couple little lines here or there, um, that I'm just not remembering, but I don't really remember much uh if anything, um in, in that regard specifically.
0: I think what I'm referring to is more so the when um around that hotel scene, like when he checks in there few of the comments made towards them were like, Okay, the guy then assuming that a hot woman was in the shower, he was trying to take a peek. Um and then the movie clip that Kevin played, um that scared him away. I think he cur- I think the guy cursed in the clip. Um so like I'm saying, like it was just a few yeah. things to, like Home Alone wasn't the essential movie that Rob necessarily- Schneider? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah.
0: Um and so Tim Curry. Home Alone... Home Alone essentially isn't what you necessarily would want your six or seven year old repeating, um, but it is still a kid's family movie. Um, I've always said that the best way to to kind of sell adult on kids' movies, like having to sit with them, is finding unique ways to put adult-like humor in it. Shrek, Shrek, I think is the best example of that. It found so many ways to do adult humor. In a in a kids movie, like all the jokes went over the kids' heads, but the parents understood them, and they were like, "What did you just? Like, did he just insinuate that?" Um. So to me, I'm like, if you can do something along the lines of that, but just a little bit more, um, because the kids today are insane. Um, so you can't do too much lovey dovey because they're grown nowadays. Um. But yeah, I mean, if you do it right, I don't, I don't really have any issues. Just do it right. Um. All right. Uh, This one, Nick, I I thought was really interesting. Um, Apparently, Planet of the Apes franchise is still safe under Disney's new direction. I don't know how I feel about that. That is super fresh. Um, Like, I was really hoping that, like, if Fox still had the rights, it would have been at least another five to ten years before we heard anything Planet of the Apes-wise. And now that it's under a new direction, I'm still feeling like I want it to be another five to ten years before they touch anything planet of the apes wise Am I crazy on this, Nick? Or do you think we need a bit more of a window? Because the last one was only maybe two, three years ago.
1: Right. Um yeah, it does it it's just it's it's one of those things, man, that just the the reboots just happen faster and faster and faster. Um I mean, I will say this, I do think um given the way that you know the original movie from the 60s um how different that is from what they ended up um doing with it in this one and even what they ended up doing with um the Mark Wahlberg one um I think there's enough that you can do to make it different like to not use the same playbook um to make it interesting um I don't Necessarily trust them to do that, though. <laughs> um, like I think they could. I just don't know that they will. They're going to be like, "Hey, this one, these movies made a shit ton of money, so let's copy that." Um, and if you're going to do that, then it's like, what's the fucking point? Um, other than just to make money. Um, and so, like, yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I I, I really enjoy um, the. Second one, um, in in that trilogy. Um, the third one was obviously really good. Woody Harrelson fucking kills it. Oh, uh, the first one was was really damn good too. Um, I, I, uh, James Franco, John Lithgow, they're they're both really good in it. Um, and it does so much of the legwork to like set up the next two movies. Um, it does a really damn good job at that. Um, but uh, I, I just I don't know. I feel like it's it's like, in a nice, neat little package right now, nice little fucking Planet of the Apes trilogy, and, like, of course, it doesn't feel like it has anywhere to go as far as uh, continuity. It definitely felt bookended with the with the third movie. Um, it, it, it definitely didn't seem like something that you necessarily want to, like, keep pursuing. Um, so I guess the only way, t- you know, to revisit it would be to do some kind of retelling reboot. I just I, if they do that, I really hope that they come at it from a, a different creative lens. Um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, doing a movie that has, or franchise rather, that has been done three other times. I think if you count whenever they yeah. do this new one, that would have been the the, the fourth time. I think it's really yes. hard because the original had what? That was like, what, four or five movies deep, I believe.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: The second time, I think they only did the the one with Mark Wahlberg. Um, right. And then more recently, it was a trilogy. So you have six or seven different tellings of it. So it's like you have to now find a new way to tell the story that has not been told before. And that's why my biggest thing was, if it was still with Fox, if you give yourself about ten years that should be more than enough time, even five years, should be more than enough time for you to figure out a story that we've never seen before um, right. and finding a different avenue that we've never seen before. And I think if you do it, and again, them saying that Planet of the Apes is still safe under Disney's new direction does not mean we're getting a movie tomorrow, does not mean we're getting it in the next few years. Um, I just really hope they follow, like they just wait at least five years because the most recent one is only three years old. like It's not like it came out right. five, ten years ago. So that, to me, because if it's anything like what that last trilogy was, I'm going to be like, this is why you take your time, so you don't give me a copy of what I just saw.
1: Um, right. I mean, that, that's, and probably, that's the biggest thing. And probably, like, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to assume here, but that the way that they tied that up was just done so well. Like, what are the chances that even if you get something like that that feels like a copy, it's probably not going to be as good. So right. it's like you definitely need to do something different if you're if you're going to. Like honestly, I I I just don't need like I've just I I guess like I'm not like like a huge Planet of the Apes like follower. Um, yeah. like is is maybe one part of it, but because that most recent trilogy was so good. I was so satisfied with it. I just like, don't need it for I mean, You said five, 10 years. I mean, I could probably go like 20, you know,
0: <laughs> I will say um, after that third one, I kind of felt like I I'm okay. If I don't see it. Right. And not in a bad way. Right. Not in a bad way. Just in, I felt fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I felt like I got what I was supposed to get out of it, which was, Three good movies about apes, I'm, this and, is it. This is and good. <laughs> the last
1: and in the last movie, I like you made a CGI or mocap um, ape make me cry at the end of the movie. Like you yeah. fucking achieved your goal. Like <laughs> let's be I real. Do
0: wanna, I do want to. I do want to ask you this, Nick. So we saw how Logan ended. We saw how Endgame ended, right? And then we remember how the last Planet of the Apes ended. Caesar, yeah. Stark, and Wolverine. Which one of those deaths hurt you the most? I oh, think I know your answer, but I have
1: to. Answer. Yeah, definitely Logan, man. Yeah, like when yeah. she's when she <laughs> like when she grabs his hand and she calls him daddy, and I was just like, oh man, my heart fucking melted. Um, right. And then you know when when she uh, you know buries and and quotes the line from Shane, I think. Um and then, like, turns the crossover to an ex. I was just like, I'm, I i haven't even stopped crying. Like, stop quit making me cry more. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah.
0: <laughs> what's funny about that is <laughs> I'm such an emotional guy. Uh, I cried seeing him go berserker. Uh, you know, him going, because it was yeah. just like I never thought I would see Wolverine done so well. And it sucks that it has to happen on his way out. Uh, rather than right. through, you know, through his career, we saw this, this kind of Wolverine. Um, so I just cried on the idea of, like, I won't see this again from Hugh Jackson. Um, and right. this just made it worse when, when he died. and <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm going to be crying all night. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. But I will say, because um, Feige did say recently in, in an interview, that um, that Logan death really, really affected him. Uh, and it kind of went towards where they went with, with Stark. Um, and I just want to say, no superhero death will ever be as beautifully done as Logan. Um, I think it'll take a lot. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think – I think I would put Logan at number one and then like a few dots and then maybe put like Stark. <laughs> right. um, because it just – it I, I think what people forget is the Robert Downey Jr. one hurt. But it was fulfilling because we've had 12 years of just really good um, Stark. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw Stark. Now, I'm not talking movies. I saw Stark, just Stark, and hated it. I have seen (laughs) people not write Wolverine well. And I've just lost lost my my enjoyment for the character because I'm like, this is just so bad and then you yeah. get to Logan and you're like you did it so well but you did it well in his goodbye you know yeah. like we we, we, we and it's by never far,
1: see it's by far heads in a way, the best X-Men property movie like ever yeah. made um whereas i don't think in game is like it's don't get me wrong it's fucking great but like i would argue that even um infinity war is a little better um, and, I agree. You know, there's there's a couple others that I would probably put ahead of in-game as well. So it's like, it, it, I think it's that. I think that factors in there as well.
0: Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I still to this day, Nick. I know you guys tell me how crazy I am, but I just bought in-game, uh, like the the DVD. I still yeah. like I don't have any interest in watching beginning to end. I start right when they start time travel. Like that's when I that's when I hit play and then I watch it throughout that. Like I can't watch that in its full entirety. Infinity War I could do that uh, seven days out of the week, watch it from the beginning yeah. to the end. I just can't with Endgame. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just hope that they they take the necessary steps to make sure that they don't do a Planet of the Apes movie unless it's forward pushing. Like it has to be something that that's needle you know needle pushing to where it's like this is uncharted ground because we've never seen whatever they do. We've never seen that before. Right. Um, and that's when I think it's acceptable to then step back into giving us more monkeys second can um, talk. <laughs> so then, no rush. Um, all right, we got David Leach says he doesn't think Deadpool has to be rated R and that he thinks they will find a happy middle ground. Um, me hearing David say, say this Means nothing because it's not up to date. It's not even really up to Kevin Feige. Um, It's what Bob Iger thinks um, thinks is okay. Um, So if Bob Iger's like, "Give me a rated R Deadpool movie," then that's what Kevin Feige and David Leitch will will um, set up. So to me, uh, him saying like, "Oh, we can find a way in the middle," you don't have a choice (laughs) because you don't even know if you're coming back. Feige doesn't have a choice. Because he has to do what the guy who pays his uh, bills tells him it's okay to do. Um, now, to me, I do not think Deadpool has to be rated R. I think what I was saying before when we were talking about this, the thing that would make it funny is if it wasn't, and you made him conscious of the fact that he was being blurted out, or they were putting the large black, uh, you know, the 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 black squares over something that he was trying to do inappropriately. It just would be funny um, for him to be cognizant of all the censorship uh, and just kind of trying to find a way to exist in this new world. Um, I personally think that would be hilarious. Um, But, I mean, if everyone thinks that Deadpool has to be rated R, I think you should warm yourself up for the idea that if it's not, that means Blade's probably not going to be rated R. So, I mean right. start start wrapping your head around the idea of rated R movies in the MCU if it doesn't happen with Deadpool, probably won't happen ever. Um but Nick, your thoughts on uh David Leach's um or Leitch? Maybe it's David Leitch. But anyway, it's, his I comments think it's Leech. on Leach, okay. His comments on Deadpool not having to be rated R.
1: I think it's posturing. Um like I basically I think it's like we really want to make another Deadpool movie and, you know, like, we'll play ball. Like, um, I think that's really what it is. Like, and you know, we even saw with once upon a Deadpool that, you know, they basically, you know, converted Deadpool two into a PG 13 movie and it was still fine. Um, so I don't necessarily think they have to do it that way. Um, I would be a little disappointed at, um, you know, the it's, if they told them, like, like, if they, it, it wouldn't be necessarily a thing if they were, like, broadly speaking, like, you know, there's some, like, here's some of the stuff that are from the first two movies that we don't want to touch or we don't want to address. Um, But, like, if you start getting involved with, like, the creative process and you're, like, yeah, you got to take this out, you got to take that out, you got to take this out, like, then it's, like, well you're just you're like you're taking out all of like our like good jokes and 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 stuff that makes Deadpool Deadpool that's what i hope they don't do so to have like a find a happy medium if you will is, i i can understand that um and it, you know if that's the direction they go fine um but hopefully they they're not like meticulously going through the script saying no you can't do this you can't do that Um, that's when I think it would become problematic.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like, um, (laughs) hey, I want to come back and direct Deadpool 3. Whatever you need me to do, I'm game, just so I can do it. Um, But also, I mean, I made this this suggestion to you. uh, I remember I made it to you last time we were talking about this. I think the best way to keep Deadpool exactly – like he was over in Fox is to just make it a series on either Disney plus or Hulu, preferably Hulu, um, to where it could be, it could just be whatever it wants. And I think if you're Ryan Reynolds, if you want to continue playing Deadpool, you do have to play some kind of game. Um, that's why I think if you're Ryan, you'll make it really fun uh, for Deadpool to kind of know about the, the censorship and kind of figure out ways around it. Um, or just give him his own series. On on Hulu, I think that'd be much better, Um, especially seeing the characters that you could then build. Like, you could build Psylocke through there. Uh, You could build a whole bunch of people, and then you know what you could do, Nick? Give us a PG-13 X-Force, you know, after you've already introduced these characters. um, And, you know, just have it come out on Hulu. Um, And then, you know, maybe limited theatrical release or whatever. But you never make it um, part of the MCU. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's ways to do it to where it could still happen. He could still be authentic. I don't really have to drastically change anything. Um, but to me, like you said, if you're walking into the writers' room going, nah, you gotta take that out. No, we don't like Taylor Swift jokes. No, you gotta take that that uh, you know that Trump joke out." Like you know what I'm like. If you start doing that, it's like, don't do the movie. Like <laughs> right. you have to go do exactly. That much, don't do the movie. Don't don't do it at Let all. Let me. Uh, let me ask you yeah, this.
1: um mm-hmm. would you would you prefer that they keep it the way it is like let it be rated R or whatever do the Hulu idea but never have Deadpool like cross over into the MCU or would you prefer like getting Deadpool in the MCU it, even if it meant um like for lack of a better word like neutering down um you know, some of some of the raunchier elements and, and grotesque violence uh, in it, if you had to choose.
0: Um, if I had to choose, I would say keep it on Hulu. And this is the only reason why I say that, is because I don't think whenever they give us Wolverine, it'll be anything as adult as Hugh Jackson's Wolverine was. And I've always wanted Deadpool to interact with an adult version of Wolverine. Um, so the fact that we probably won't get uh, that kind of feeling of, of Wolverine, um, just, like, I'll give you the perfect example. I would much rather see Holland in a Venom universe than I want to see you neutering Venom to put him in a Holland universe, MCU universe. Does that make sense at it, it all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I, mean, I, 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 I can understand that. That's exactly how I view Deadpool. Like, if you could bring Wolverine to the Hulu show or Hulu movie with Deadpool, perfect. If not, I like, it's it's something I don't think, I think we've become spoiled in the idea of knowing that he's now part of, you know, um, what 5e could work with, that we now want them to interact. But I don't think they ever had to. I think it'd be funny, but not if you're telling me that Deadpool can't make any of the, the good jokes that he would if um, he were over still at Fox. So to me, if you have to dull him down too much, that it now becomes like you're forcing Ryan Reynolds to essentially become uh, the, the no mouse that he was in X-Men Origins. then no, like just don't, don't, don't integrate him. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Bob Iger sounds like he's open to having a raunchier um, movie. In, in this whole Disney universe, but it's Disney. And, and until we see Raunchy in Disney, I'm going to say no. I don't ever see right. it happening. Um, something I did want to ask you because me and Kanan uh, had a huge <laughs> disagreement about this last week. Uh, one of our uh, topics last week was David Leach um, is campaigning to direct Blade, right? So, my point to canon was I want Blade to be more layered. And what I meant by that was the last three Blade movies were purely action. They were just action stuff. I'm like, no right. one ever left that movie saying, like, man, did you see how good that story was? I want it, since you have an Academy Award winner, for it to be story and horror driven. Uh, for it to have elements of action, but for me not to leave the theater going, that was just a really good action. Like, no, I want it to, to kind of have more of a serious tone, also more story, and I do want it to be a bit more horror-driven. Um, so my question to you is because ultimately what we were arguing about was I told him David has only directed action movies. Like John Wick was an action movie. Atomic Blonde right. was an action movie. Deadpool right. 2, like none of those were deep story-driven stories. Like they were purely at heart just action movies. Good ones, right. um, not knocking it by any means. And he was saying John Wick was layered. It was not layered, Kanan. No one left that movie going, bro, that story? No, no, no. I know they told you about the action, but that story? No, no one did that. No one did that in Atomic Blonde either. They were just really well-shot <laughs> action movies. Um, so I was saying I don't want Blaze to essentially be everything David's directed. I want, I want to see David direct something um, that's outside of his realm of, of – um, of what he's used to directing, so I know that he has range enough to make Blade multi, uh, multi-layered. So my question to you is, Nick. sorry, I gave you all that diatribe. My question <laughs> to you is, one, would you be okay with David's style of directing coming to Blade? And two, do you agree with me in the sense of, I would like to see Blade kind of expand more than just being that guy who's just really good at action?
1: Whew, this is... Uh, uh I, well, to start off, yes, I would be fine with him directing it. I would prefer to have, um, uh, I don't know. I can't like necessarily think of a name off the top of my head, but um, I, my biggest thing with Blade is just I hope, kind of like you were saying, I do kind of hope it's, it's more layered and character driven. Um, and less of just, like, an action movie. Um, and I don't think Blade needs to be rated R. Um, right. Like, the I, I would argue that Deadpool needs to be rated R more than, say, something like Blade. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would kind of look forward to having more, like, it, put it this way, you're introducing a entirely new element um into the MCU with Blade. Um that being vampires and, you know, all that goes along with that. Um I think like I would look at it like this. Like um I know I like I I talk about the show any chance that I get on here. Um but like if you look at like Castlevania and how they built those characters and and that that storyline in like such a small amount of time, um, as far as actual screen time, um, they did that masterfully. Um, and I would kind of like something similar with blade, like something that is really grandiose and story building and that kind of thing. Now I will give Kanan, um, some credence to what he's saying with John wick because, um, Going from the – and I haven't seen the third movie yet, but going from the first movie to the second movie, um, they definitely did uh, flesh things out and did more world building. Um, So I I can understand where he's coming from there, Um, and I I don't know. I don't necessarily think that – like I think you can do both. I, like, I think it, the bigger thing is who's going to write this screenplay um, more uh-huh. so than who's going to direct it. Um, but, no, Leech probably wouldn't be my first choice. I've, I'd be fine with it ultimately. Um, but I would probably, like, just that, that particular style, um, it seems almost kind of like, um, like it would be a little more of an outlier um, for just the, the typical MCU style. Um, so I don't know if that exactly answers your question. Um, I, no. I I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, like, I, cause I understand where Kane is coming from. Um, but I, I mean, I do ultimately agree with your hypothesis on what, um, like what we should get from Blade.
0: Right. I, you did answer my question. And the main thing I was trying to tell him was I don't have a problem with David as a director. I don't have any issue. I think if you're looking for someone who could do action really well, that's the first guy you call. Um, So I don't have any issue with him whatsoever. But one thing that I like from directors is seeing that they have the ability to direct uh, a few different types of movies. And I've only seen David do action. Um, But again, I do think John Wick did a great job of world building. My only issue is no one ever left those movies talking about the story, and I'm not saying no. that as a knock. I'm saying it because he's directing an action movie, and what I'm saying is I don't want Blade to only be an action movie like the last three were. Right. That's all you could pull from those three movies is that they were at that time really good action movies for Blade. Um, and he was asking me like, well, what multi layered superhero movie like do you want it to be like? And I'm like, if you look up Winter Soldier, it's an action spy thriller. Like, it's not just Captain America throwing a shield everywhere. It's deeper than that. Um, and we saw how much it played into the future of the MCU. Um, so, to me, I kind of want Blade to feel different than everything MCU has been doing to where it's just yes. a visual action movie, essentially. I want it to mean as much as Winter Soldier did. So much so, people put Winter Soldier above Avengers movies because it's so drastically different than anything else they've done in that universe. So to yep. me, I want Blade to feel like that to where it's layered, and I look at it and I go, cool, Blade feels different than anything else that have done in the MCU. So I could then put Winter Soldier here, Blade here, and then build everything else up to that, because I'm like, that's how you, you put um, a stamp on where you want to go forward in the MCU, just like you did with Winter Soldier. So that's all I was saying that I wanted. I'm not asking for this to be an uh, Oscar-nominated movie. Just be a little deeper. Like, Blade means more than just um, pulling out a sword and slicing up vampires. And that's what I want people to to get from it. same way, if um, um, McFarlane can ever get his head out of his his butt, Spawn means (laughs) more than just being a guy who cloaks in, cloaks out, and, and kills people. It's a very deep character. And Jamie Foxx is a great guy that could dig into that. So, to me, it's like it. Don't just have it be the guy that just shows up and snapping next. So, that's what I mean by I want it to be layered. Um, so, hopefully, Kanan, <laughs> you know, sat with it and kind of understands where I'm coming from and gets that I'm not dissing David or any of his directorial um, accomplishments. I just want things to be more layered, and it shows he's had the ability to, um, to build as far as layering his movie. John Wick is great. Great story, great world building. It's just purely an action movie is all I'm saying. Um, But all right, let's move on. We got some more stuff. According to, uh, well, the Russo brothers were asked during a Reddit AMA, which character not currently in the MCU that they would, would most want to handle to which they replied, we've always loved us from Wolverine. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, now, I am biased <laughs> because I think I have suggested that the Russo should direct maybe 85% of the movies that are supposed to be coming out. Uh, so I'm completely biased when I say yes. So I don't know how biased you are on the Russo Brothers, name. so I will ask you, how much would you like to see them take a Wolverine movie rather than an X-Men movie and directed.
1: Fuck yes. Like, that would be awesome. Like, that (laughs) would just be, like, the the perfect, like, trustworthy hands that you would want to put Wolverine in. So, like, if if you were going to do a Wolverine movie to set up, let's say, his involvement with the X-Men going forward, Um, but let's say you wanted to start it off with him having a solo movie to really set up his character. Um, I would absolutely like love the Russos to do it. Like it just makes so much sense. I mean, they've, they've really done, um, like their, their record is, is, is spotless really. Like, I mean, all the movies that they've done, all four of the movies they've done, uh, within the MCU have all been fucking terrific. Um, So if you're telling me, like, hey, we're, you know, we're going to be doing a Wolverine movie, and not only are we going to be doing a Wolverine movie that's going to set up, you know, his character going forward within this universe, and also set up, um, like, his attachment to the X-Men, but, by the way, the Russos are doing it. It's like, fuck yes. Like, that would be, um, like, if you're Kevin Feige, and you, like, hear that, like, AMA, like, yeah, I, I feel like you'd just be like, just shoot, like, shoot one of them or both of them attacks, like, don't, like, we're, we're going to get there, guys, like, just, just, yeah, we, we need a little bit of time, obviously, we have some other stuff on the slate, but, uh, if y'all want to do a Wolverine movie, like, let's make a Wolverine movie.
0: Yeah, and the thing I'm, look, I would, I would look forward to the most is how accurately they'd be able to do the costume. Um, yeah. Because I remember in Winter Soldier, I remember saying I did not like first Avengers suit. I did not like the Avengers suit. Um, they came in with that darker suit, um, His, I guess I assume his stealth suit. Um, and I just remember loving it so much and not thinking they could do better. And then seeing Endgame and seeing how drastically better that suit looked, that it only had a right. few moderations to it. Um, so it's like I just love their, their, their eye to detail. Um, and I would be curious to see if they, they would want a shorter Wolverine like Joelle has been campaigning for. Um, and if they do put them in the suit. Like, I think it's time for the X-Men to be in their proper suit. Um, and it would be interesting to see visually how that looks. Because, um, I mean, those colors are bright. The, the X-Men from the, the 90s cartoons, they were bright. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how they look to build those costumes, especially for Wolverine, um, that has yellow, black, red, blue. Uh, so so many different colors going on at once. How they're able to make that look. Uh, and uh, like you said, they're Jordan in the finals when it comes to the, these MCU movies. So, I mean, there's no doubt that they'd be able to handle it. It's just a matter of do you want a Wolverine movie to come before 'Cause I kinda of feel like Wolverine is so difficult to do now only because he outshadows the X Men. People kinda of look more for Wolverine than they necessarily do X Men movies. So I think the smarter sure. thing to do, introduce the X Men, then introduce Wolverine. That way people if they love the X Men movie, you now have them on board with the entire team and they're not just looking for Wolverine at every uh at every uh step. Sorry. Um, so I think that's the best way to handle it um, because he just stands out so much. So – but, I mean, yeah, look yeah. – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say
1: I, I would I would say it doesn't matter, with, in my opinion, like which one you do first. Um, I would not try to make all of these X-Men movies revolve around Wolverine like Fox did. Like it, you can give him his own movie or, hell, you can give him a fucking trilogy – um, but when he's a part of the X-Men, he needs to be a part of the X-Men, not we're following Wolverine and the other X-Men that are around him. I think that that's, that's important, like that it's something that the Fox movies never were really able to achieve. Um, really, I guess, um, up until um, First Class. First Class, they, they, right. Yeah, they were able to do it there. Uh, and we saw that it could be really successful, but um, even with first class, the reason they were able to do it is because Wolverine wasn't there. Um, like there's there's the middle ground there, I guess, is what I'm getting at that you can have Wolverine be a part of the story and part of the team, but he he doesn't need to be the sole focus of the movie.
0: That's that's kind of where I'm saying it's difficult because if he comes first and like, let's say they, they do a home run casting for it, people are going to want to see him a lot going forward. So if you do like what first class did and you go, because remember he wasn't first class. Um, he wasn't just a cameo, but he was in it. Um, if you completely remove Wolverine from the movie and it's just you building Charles, you building Magneto, you building the young kids, or adult, whatever you want to go as far as the age of uh, the X-Men. Um, you build that. You get you get the general audience um, on board for the X-Men. Once you integrate Wolverine, he could blend in a lot better because it's not like I've seen the first Wolverine movie. Great. The casting of it was a huge name, so now I just want to see more of that huge name. You can give me a really good X-Men movie and then integrate him to where I can then view it to where if he doesn't, like, have huge standout moments in it, I'm like, I'm cool because I just love the X-Men. So I just want to see the thing. I don't need him to be this guy that the story is driven behind or has, like, all the roles and stuff like that. It'll just blend better. But right. Wolverine is just a really weird character because he's so popular. Um, it's like if you do him first, that's all people are going to want. So don't spoil it yet just don't spoil it my yet. thing
1: is my my thing is just like don't make scott summers a bitch <laughs> like <laughs> please uh scott summers is one of the coolest fucking characters in comics um and they just made him into such a little bitch in those movies
0: <clears throat> i agree even though i do give a lot of credit to the actor that was portraying him um in the more recent ones uh, albeit you may think uh, yeah, is bad,
1: Taron Edgerton, I think.
0: No, no, not Taryn Edgerton. Um, uh, What's his name? hold on, I'm gonna look up his name, but um, I think he did a really good job. Uh, I did not have an issue with him, uh, whatsoever. I thought he was good in bad movies, <laughs> which is weird, but when you see this kid act outside of these movies, like in, um, what was that movie, Me and You? I think you liked it also. I'm sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the, the name of the movie. It's Ty Sheridan, but he was in... Oh, yeah,
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of the, the movie he was in. Uh, Ready Player One. That's it. That's the name of it. Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job in that. So I'm like, the kid yeah, obviously was pretty Yeah, I'm like, the X-Men movie just a so bad. <laughs> like, you can't blame it on him. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I thought he tried to do a really good job with Scott, but there's just not much meat <laughs> on the bone of, of any of those they've, characters.
1: But, um, yeah, they've never – and and honestly, um, shit, I can't remember. I should, I should know this because he's actually a really good actor. James Marsden um, is mm-hmm. the guy who portrayed him in the originals. And, like, he's a really good actor. They've just never written the character of Scott Summers well. Like, they just right. – not in any – x-men movie um and it's just it's 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 a shame because like he really is uh they i think they they try they definitely did it better in the um in the the prequels i guess um if, if that's what they're called i don't know but in in apocalypse <laughs> they tried to make him like a focus um it just like you said like the movie just wasn't very good and it it just kind of all fell apart um but uh, yeah, they just—that's that's a big one for me. They got to get that figured
0: out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, like we saw, um, we saw with Thor, all it takes is a direction change, uh, for a character to go from the graveyard to the uh, to the skies. So I mean, we saw a complete transformation of Thor from the first mm. few uh, phases of the MCU. So when Taika finally got him and we now look at Thor, like we want more Thor movies. Um, right. So, I mean, it just, it depends on the director, but with uh, James Marsden, I think where a lot of that cast kind of um, were destined to fail was anytime you show up on set and your director tells you, ah, those comic books, you know, the things that we're building these movies from essentially, no they one read matter. them. Like they, they right. don't matter. Don't read them. We're not following any of that. And it's like, well, I don't need you to follow it, but I'd like to kind of get into the mind of Scott Summers, you know. No, 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 don't worry. Right. Hey, we got writers for that. Anytime it director tells you that, usually does not end up <laughs> end up that well. So that was right. not a good start for them. Uh, but, all right, let's move on. Um, I want to kind of save some of this that sadder topic towards the end. I want to get to this because I'm curious what your thoughts are, Nick. Netflix has landed former Game of Thrones writers David Benoff, Benoff and DB Weiss off. for off, Thank you. And DB Weiss for an overall TV and film deal via THR. So the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. I know when I first heard it, I immediately was like, "I hope whatever they're doing for Disney is something else." And then they do <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic as a show. Um, like, <laughs> I definitely just, <really laughs> just want that just drawn out as much as possible. Um, but now, uh, what are your thoughts on the deal that they just got with Netflix? And do you have any ideas on what you what property you'd like to see them um, take over to Netflix? I
1: don't have an idea of a property, per se. Um, but I don't know. That kind of pissed me off when I read it, honestly. Um, because they rushed through the last two seasons of Game of Thrones so they could, you know – free up the time to, like, have this fucking deal. And I don't know. That's always going to piss me off. It's like, did you – you took the greatest fucking show ever made and just rushed through the ending, and it was fucking terrible. And it was, like – it just wasn't, like <clears> – <throat> the buildup was, was uh, so supreme through the first six seasons. And then the last couple, particularly the last one, was just so rushed and so forced and and my thing is this like I don't begrudge them for you know essentially wanting to continue the rest of their career what I do begrudge them for is not just handing it over to somebody else and like who's going to like really build it out and work on it and it's like you know um they got the the deal with Star Wars um now they they make this huge deal and I guess So it kind of pisses me off, but also there's a part of me that's like, what are they gonna look like? Like we're they're getting a lot of money off the back of Game of Thrones, um, which they didn't create. (laughs) Like they adapted it and they adapted it very well for six seasons, Um, but like they did not create it. And um, like what what material are are, like are you going to hope that they create themselves or entrust to them. So, like, you know, it's kind of like um, uh, it, like I would <clears throat> I would draw an analogy to this is kind of like the Charlotte Hornets giving Terry Rozier $58 million for three seasons. <laughs> like, it's like, don't get me wrong, like, <clears throat> Terry Rozier is a good player. He's not worth $58 million over three seasons, though. Like, when I saw that number, I was like, I'm sure that they can, like, I mean, anybody who can make Game of Thrones just in its entirety, like I would, um, I think you have to applaud them for that. Um, but uh, I think two was it two hundred million dollars for this deal um, seems seems like a little bit of an overpay in my estimation.
0: If I were Netflix, I personally would have waited to see what he did with Star Wars. Um, right. What they did, I'm sorry with Star Wars first. And then if Star Wars was a huge hit, I would not only find a property that's already made, um, and then they're just giving their interpretation of it, I would also then at that point feel very comfortable paying them whatever because I've now seen them take two big franchises and make them even bigger. Um, You know, if the Star Wars movie hits on all points, you know, then I would feel more comfortable. But you making this deal this early... Um, you have a lot of faith in them. Um, And I'm more curious, because to me, and I'm glad you brought up the basketball analogy, not everybody is a star player. A lot of guys are just role players. A lot of guys are system guys. Nothing wrong with either one. You could be an NBA champion being either one of those. So to me, I kind of see these guys, excuse me, as not necessarily original content guys, um, but they very well likely could be. But it seems as though They might shine better when it's something that's already existed and they're just making it into their own interpretation. Um, But I could be completely wrong, and and I hope that I am, because to me, if they can give me great content, both from Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and then whatever they create um, or bring over to Netflix, I kind of feel like we win in that scenario. Um, It's only if they do not do well with Star Wars, and then they tell me that they're creating something of their own I didn't kind of feel like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> or I just in general,
1: create, if they're just creating just something, something of their yeah. own, like we don't know, like we have right. no idea. Like there, there are <clears throat> a ton of um, like filmmakers out there um, who we have a much better like notion about it. Like, you know, it, I don't know how much, um, like what kind of deal they constructed with Scorsese, um, but that's, like, that's a bankable fucking investment. You know, like, you could definitely take that one to the bank. Um, like, you know, that's where I would be, like, oh, yeah, dude, like, we'll pay you whatever, Martin. Um, with them, it's just, it's such a, uh, like you were saying, it's just, like, we don't know. Um, and, you know, you're you're paying them a lot of money when they could be, um, it's very possible that they could end up being, like, basically a one-hit wonder. Like, Game of Thrones could be the only thing that they do that um, is revered. Um, would, I, mean, I I wouldn't even venture into the probability of it, but it's possible. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely seems like a risky play.
0: Yes, but look, it's Netflix's money, and I've said this to you before. Netflix is in a situation to so where it's sink or swim time. You got HBO's uh, streaming service, which is technically Warner Brothers, but you have that, you have Disney, and I think another, another company, I think NBC is doing one because that's why they just uh, got the office back. But the more streaming yeah, services that come out, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. The more streaming services that come out um, that have better catalogs, the harder it's going to be for Netflix. And if you're signing these huge deals and they do not work out, you're going to put yourself in a very early grade. Um, So especially the more shows you lose. Um, And then, like, to me, the the thing that built Netflix was you had a catalog of shows that I could watch with no commercials. But now you're losing those shows. So now you're telling me all I have to, to look forward to is your original content that you have a few hits, but you've had more blunders than you've had hits. Um, so it's like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I want Netflix in, in 10 years. Um, so it, it's only a risk on their end. So, I mean, but if you're, uh, if you're David and DB, you're, ra- you're racking up money for, <laughs> for, um, for Game of Thrones. And God bless you. Like, that could be what keeps them paid over the next 10 to 20 years. And if so, I got to find, like, uh, something that we could make a movie off of, Nick, that already <laughs> exists, that could just set us up for life, man. We, we got to find it. It's out there. Uh, but, all right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Um, According to a report, Naomi Scott, Sophia Botella, and Priyanka, can't pronounce her last name, i not even going to try, are being <laughs> considered for big roles within the MCU. Now, this is a report from someone that's not necessarily of the highest um, regard. So we're not going to say necessarily where, they're, uh, where the report came from. But the only reason I put in our topics is because um, these are names from different demographics um, that need representation. Um, like Kamala Khan is someone I desperately want to see in the MCU. You could go old and older Kamala Khan with Priyanka. Um, Sophia being more, I believe, of not even going to say her background, but I really liked her in Kingsman. I really liked her in, um, I thought she was in uh, Alita. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe I'm confusing her with Gonzalez, Isa Gonzalez. But I really did like her in Kingsman. I thought she was really cool. I thought, Um, her working with the fact that her character did not have legs um, was even more fun to see her get really kind of crazy with what her character could do. Um, And Naomi Scott, I thought did a solid Jasmine. I thought she did a solid power Rangers, uh, a solid Kimberly, sorry, um, in power Rangers. Um, But all three of these women um, all have names out there. And I think they'd be great additions to the MCU. Nick, what are your thoughts on these three names, and do you have any characters you would like to see either of these three uh, lovely ladies portray in the MCU? Um, No,
1: not not particularly. Um, like I just like off the top of my head, I'm not like super familiar with their work. Um, I do, I I know that uh, I I've seen obviously Naomi Scott uh, and and her two performances. Um, and I, she does like the, I'm not like going to rush out to see it. I, although I might go with my bass player cause she's like really fucking excited for it. Um, the new Charlie's angels movie. Um, uh-huh. but she's going to be in that. Um, so that could be like another kind of jumping off uh point to kind of add, like add to her repertoire. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the, what's cool about it is obviously, um, something that we, you know, I think really, uh, uh, talk about a lot and, and try to hammer home is, um, rep various representation. Um, and like the, the MCU has just been so good at that for the past, like five years, I would say. Um, and they just kind of seem to consistently be building on that. Um, and, and like, it's just a really good thing. Um, and the fact that, you know, these three um, actors are, are being talked about um, in in this sort of sphere, um, it just kind of adds to that. Uh, and, you know, it's it's definitely uh, a good thing, a smart thing. Um, and again, man, they're just they're fucking killing it.
0: I just looked it up. Sophia is Algarian. Um, so that, that's her background. Um, Algerian? What did I say?
1: You said Algerian. <laughs>
0: I don't know why I said that. Yes,
1: Algerian. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I am not in my right mind, but yes, Algerian. Um, and we know what Priyanka's background is. Um, the show she was she's best known for, I have not watched it yet, but someone whose opinion I trust uh, a lot said it was a really good show, uh, Quantico. Uh, oh, okay. On, on ABC. Um, so I definitely do want to check that out um, just so I have a better idea on her as an actress. Um, but these are three names that would be amazing for the MCU to grab because we've seen them take lesser names and make them household names. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I'd be completely fine with it. Um, you know, I think they all are very talented. I think Naomi Scott isn't given enough credit. Um, because the only things we've seen so far are Aladdin and Power Rangers. Um, But I do kind of feel like if you kind of look deeper um, and just focus in on her and Power Rangers and focus just on her and Aladdin, um, I don't see a bad actress. Uh, Now, again, I'm not saying uh, she's an Oscar. uh, You know, she's an Oscar-nominated actress, but I do not see bad talent is the point I'm trying to make. Um, yeah. So I mean I, I do look forward to seeing everything that she does going forward so I can form a better opinion. But Sophia I like a lot. The other movie Sophia was in Nick that I couldn't figure out and, and I thought I was pre- um I thought I was about to mess up on it. She was also in the um oh I just had it and just lost it that quickly. The the movie I um with uh Charlize Theron uh the action movie.
1: Oh um Atomic One.
0: Yes. She was in that. She was in that. Uh, right. She had a brief brief appearance in it, but she was in that with um, Charlize Theron. So I couldn't think of what it was, but that's what it was. That was the movie. Um, so that and Kingsman are notably the two biggest movies. Oh, we completely forgot, Nick. She was in Star Trek Beyond. She also was in The Mummy, the main character in The Mummy,
1: that's oh, right. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. right. Yeah, I never saw Completely it, but I do. Forgot.
1: I mean, I obviously remember her name, like, right. and, and, like, seeing her in the trailer and all that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and she was also in um, Hotel Artemis. Did not see Hotel Artemis. Um, I saw The Mummy. I saw Star Trek Beyond. I saw, obviously, Kingsman, but I did not see Hotel uh, Artemis. So that can't really lend much of an opinion on, but I've seen her in the other movies, and, I, like I said, I like her. So, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, her name is selected in the in and MCU movie. All right, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's move on to our last two topics. This one is a bit more serious. Um, Universal and Blumhouse to suspend the release of The Hunt due to the latest shooting. Um, this we've seen this move before um, with The Punisher when The Punisher first came out. Right. Um, this. I will say this the same way I described it for The Punisher. It's going to sound a bit insensitive, but hear me out. This is purely business. This, I mean, again, yes, could it come from the sentiment of wanting to, you know, not put something this violent out so close to the events of the shooting? 100% it could be, but it's business. Because the last thing someone wants to go sit in is a movie about killing. When we just experience all the killing that's going on um, here in the state, so I think it's more so business. Same thing we said with the Punisher that you're not going to put it out right now, only because you're not going to get the viewership because it's it's so it's so close to something so um, so horrible, so people aren't in a rush to go see a guy who's just shooting a bunch of people so close to some uh, so close to a shooting. Um, so it, it, it's a business move. You just want to hold off so things kind of die down, and then you'll release it. Um, I think where I'd be more shocked, and we know it would never happen, Nick, but I'd be more shocked if they pushed it all the way to, next, uh, to like, either later this year or next year to um, to give that, that space, um, you know, for people to kind of grieve and not force all this violent stuff out there. Um, but I did see a lot of people on Twitter saying, you pushing this back doesn't stop, you know, gun violence and stuff like that. That that to me is a bit of an idiotic take in the sense of it's just a respectful thing to do. Um, it's just like if they tell you, like if someone tells you that someone in their family just died of of something specific, like um, an illness or something, you don't want to take them to like a movie about people dying. It's just insensitive. Like that's not what right. you do. Um, so to me, it, it, it makes sense, but by no means am I dumb enough to think that it's purely because they felt bad. It's also just a smart business move. But Nick, how do you view Universal and Blumhouse uh, suspending the release of The Hunt due to the latest shootings?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely, I mean, uh, like you said, uh, I'm sure they're, it, it, it's the right thing to do um do i trust that they're doing the right thing for the right reasons no
0: right. like
1: they're doing it because they want to make as much money off of their investment as possible and they don't stand to make as much money if like you know they they release this at a at a time where less people would be apt to go see it um and you know as far as the people the dumbasses on twitter saying Oh, this isn't going to stop gun violence. Blah 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 blah. No, of course not. Um, mm-hmm. But like, those assholes are still going to go see it. So, like, when it does right. come out, so um, <laughs> th- they're not worried about you. Um, but uh, it's interesting that you you say um, you could you brought something up uh, that I do want to touch on real quick here. Um, that like y- that you'll be. I, I don't want to mischaracterize what you said, but, like, you would find it interesting if a studio, like, really pushed something back, like, in a meaningful way, I guess. Um, But, like, the problem there is you could do that and then we'll have another mass shooting right before the the movie, you know, is pushed back. They're so fucking frequent now. Um, I'm honestly a little surprised they even pushed it back because we're just, like it seems anyway that we are just so desensitized to it all um at this point like that it, it it's it, it, it's just like a part of life and it's it, like look i'm no fucking uh you know, expert on you know guns or you know uh gun rights or you know um uh, mental health or um Propaganda or any of that. So like I'm not the person who could sit here and pontificate what the best solution would be, Um, but – and nor would people probably care to hear my opinion on it. Um, But what I would caution is um, let's let's just not like – let's try our best to not be like, well, it's just – this is just the way it is. It doesn't have to be the way it is. I don't have the answers for how we can change it. Um, uh, I think there's obviously, there's been as many proposals as you could possibly imagine um, for, for various ways to handle it. And they always get people arguing. Um, But like, I think the important thing is um, not to become so desensitized to it that we, um, that we just accept it. Um, That's, I think that is that's where you have to start, and I think that is basically, I guess, what I would um, uh, not caution, but what I would ask people to do.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 funny you say that because obviously in the news cycle it's been uh, the blaming of video games, and what I find funny is that we ignore the fact that at least six times a year we we release. Movies that are purely, purely about killing. <laughs> but we go immediately to video games and go, no, 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 no. The movies that are very set in realism, that's not what's influencing these kids. It's the video games. And I always go, I, I, I never see it. Like, I never play Madden and then go, you know what? I'm going to go outside right now and just go play some football. Like, I, I just personally, I, I don't connect the two. Like, I disassociate, like, once I turn off the system that's it um but to me i just find it funny that movies are just never talked about like it's never said like there is like so many movies about you know glorifying the idea of just killing a bunch of people you know what i'm saying right. so to me it's just it it it's just funny how people select what they they want to be an issue and then ignore everything else that could possibly be an issue also um well but, i mean but
1: well it, like it it goes in cycles because like there's like a um like a, a viral video type thing of Quentin Tarantino being um interviewed by like um a, a film critic um from the 90s i think um or maybe the early 2000s and like she was like trying to like hammer him on the fact that he um obviously uses uh implements a lot of like grotesque violence into his work um and you know basically his response is but it's not real life um like i like it's it's in the movie it's it's part of the story it's it's fake it's fun it's you know whatever um and she wasn't having that and he was not having her questions or whatever um but so it's been like done before um, as far as that, mm. and we 've had the video game argument before um my thing is just it's it's um it, it, it's <laughs> it, it, it's to me it 's such a giant leap to think <laughs> that uh violence is is caused <clears throat> by <clears throat> um video games or movies like it's like there we are unfortunately inherently violent like we were killing people long before the invention of film or fucking video games uh right. like so i don't know i i don't think that really gets to the the root of the problem but uh I again i don't claim to be an expert so
0: no not n- neither of us are but i just find right. it funny because i just I, I think it's just so lazy it's the lazy thing to do um you know, because to me, it's like you're blaming video games. But remember when the argument was about 30, 20, 25 years ago to where it was, you need to put ratings on these video games. Like, I bought this game for my right. son, and I had no idea. They did that. And every time I go to, like, a Walmart or a Target or a GameStop, and I used to work at GameStop. I was a manager there. And when a parent would come in and go, hey, I want to get Grandpa Foto, every time I would ask her, how old is your son? He's 10. I don't think you should get him Grand Theft Auto. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, just let me show you why it's, it's rated. It's rated MA. And then she'll right. look and then she'll go, Oh, there's no way I'm getting my son this game. And I'm like, yeah, that's what right. I was trying to show you. Like, don't, don't do it. So to me, I'm like, and you know, they, and you know, her son standing
1: there like you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he is. But what I don't want is the parent to come back the next day. And she's sitting in the room watching her kid play this. And it's like, Wait a minute. You could take the, you could take the character to a strip club and they show the parts. Wait, you could take her home and then like right. it, it insinuates. What, it's insane for the idea of a nine or ten year old to play that. Um, so right to me, I'm like video game companies do everything they're supposed to to make you aware of the game. But if your kid finds a way to play it, I don't think it's fair that you blame it on me. Like, I mean, if if his best friend's mom allows him to play it. It says it on the box why kids <laughs> under 18 should not be playing it. If you choose for your yes. kid to play it, that's on you, not the video game company. So I just find it right. lazy. Um, and well, it's very and we've unfortunate. Had this,
1: and like I said, we've had this argument because it, it was around maybe shortly before the whole video game thing happened in the 90s. Remember the thing before that was this rap music is influencing our kids right. to be violent. Um, so right. like – they they kind of just recycle things from the playbook to not address like to to, to try to to not have to address like what the real problem is because um, like I don't think anybody really believes that video games are the cause of the shit.
0: <laughs> I hope not. I just find it funny because it's like hey, shouldn't we find out a way to, like, just make it harder for people to get guns? No, 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 no. Take away the video game. That's where the real <laughs> progress is. And it's like, all right, that sounds stupid. Um, but, all right, let's, um, let's move on. Our very last topic, we can breeze through this, because I don't think either me nor you really care. Uh, a new G.I. <laughs> Joe spin-off movie is in the works based off the character, Chuckle. The G.I. Joe character is best known for his undercover work um, the script is being written by Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec, uh, who wrote Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. That is the coolest thing out of anything I just read that they wrote Ghost Protocol. Uh, but Nick, very quickly, your thoughts <laughs> on the GI Joe spinoff based off of Chuckle?
1: Um, cool. <laughs>
0: See, it's funny because I think I'd feel better if the guys who wrote Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol were doing Snake Eyes. Then it'd be like, yeah, this yeah, is or great.
1: just a GI Joe, Joe movie. Like, who? I don't G. even I remember Joe who movie. the fuck right. Chuckles is. Like, I, I don't or, either, Nick. And I watched GI <laughs> Joe like a lot as a kid. I have no fucking clue who that is.
0: To me, I'm like, wait a minute. Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, which is one of the best, one of the best Mission Impossible movies. Um, you choose Chuckles to bring in those writers, right? Not Duke, not Hulk, <laughs> like not any of the cooler characters. You want Chuckles? That's the guy yeah. you want to go after. All right, not even okay. Flint, man.
1: Come, come on. on.
0: Yeah, yeah, come on. Like, characters that make sense for you to go after. You ignore all of them and you go right to Chuckles. God bless you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we can go ahead and assume that won't be one of the best sellers coming out of the G.I. Joe franchise. <laughs> um, we can go ahead and – I don't think the bar is real point. high, though. <laughs> I don't think it is either. I mean, if Snake Eyes does well, maybe, but the bar's not that high. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, thank you, Nick, uh, for joining me for another episode of Geek Bob's Live. I wanted to make sure I left you time to alert the audience of a little bit of the change coming out of Tuesday's show. And I also wanted yes. to alert everyone um, – no, go ahead. You give your message really quick. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah, we, we uh, have uh, basically just rebranded our NBA podcast. It is now called NBA Geekly, um, just something we've been kind of toying around with and um, just to kind of keep it more on brand with the Geek Vibes Nation um, uh, uh, continuity, if you will. Um so yeah, uh no longer Full Court Press and a lot of there's been a lot of various people. We have the name Full Court Press for like 3 or 4 years and a lot of people have subsequently used that name um since we decided to use it. So just having something that's easier for our audience to find. Um there is nobody else out there with NBA Geekly and I'm 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 going to go out on a limb and say we'll probably be the only ones to ever have it. <laughs> Let's
0: hope so. Um, Love the name change. Can't wait for uh, Tuesday's episode. Also, everyone listening out there, um, we found a way for our episodes, our podcast episodes to translate right to YouTube. Um, So look out for that. Uh, Our first episode um, is Geeks Against the Grain. That's the newest video on YouTube, so stay tuned for much more to come. I want to give a huge shout-out to Tia who was not feeling well and couldn't join us, but wanted to, so better, Tia. Make sure you guys go listen to her top 10 episode last night about top 10 sci-fi movies. And we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace.
1: Peace. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.